You are listening to For His Glory, a sermon series exploring God's grace in the book of Romans, preached by Dr. Trent Stewart. More information about Foothills Church is available at foothillschurch.com. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but um, I love our country. I mean, seriously, uh, the U.S. is the greatest country in the history of the world. I mean, you really can't really dispute that as, as far as our blessing, uh, the freedoms that we have, the freedom of religion, the freedom uh, financially, the freedom uh, spiritually, all these different things that, that we enjoy today um, are, are a huge, huge blessing. If you've ever traveled outside of America, uh, you're quickly hit in the face that not every place in the world is as awesome as where we live. Uh, I mean, whether it be uh, our faith, whether it be uh, opportunities, you know, education, uh, opportunities for jobs, uh, opportunities to speak into uh, the direction of our country, because, you know, pretty much anybody here, if you wanted to join, uh, you know, uh, politics, you wanted to make a difference, you know, you can run for office, you can, you can get that deal together, even if it's, you know, PTA, I mean, you, you have a voice, right? You can, you can get in the PTA and and, and kind of share your heart and your voice. And so, man, that's, a, that's something that we, we can't take for granted because that is not the case in most uh, countries around the world. And yet, I'm not, you know, naive to the fact that even though we live in an awesome country, there are some things that you're probably frustrated with as it relates to where our country is and, and, and maybe even more specifically where our country might be headed down the road. And so regardless or not who you voted for and, and all that stuff over the years, you know, there, there are some things that are happening, maybe uh, same-sex marriage and, and the legalization of that and how that's kind of unfolding that just really frustrates you. Um, maybe you've been dealing with for some time ever since Roe v. Wade, just the, the legalization of abortion and how, how that's just kind of swept, you know, across the country. And, and now the legalization of marijuana, which happens in, happened in Colorado. And, and so we're going to be faced as a state with that. And uh, I mean, on and on and on, the foreign affairs and, and how our country relates uh, with, with countries overseas and can be frustrating. Benghazi, what happened? We don't know. And, and uh, you know, what's going on with Syria? And, and why doesn't, why is anybody honest? And, and so uh, we, we look at that. We look at education. We look at health care reform. And all of these things, one, makes us nervous. Two, makes us fearful. And, and three, probably makes us upset uh, when we listen, depending on what, uh, you know, station you watch on TV or radio station you listen to. Um, it, it can be very, very frustrating. And so it's really important, I think, especially in our time in the history of our country, uh, to really think through how is a believer, somebody who's committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in their life, how are we supposed to interact with our government? How are we supposed to deal with um, oppression, things that maybe laws that are established that we believe uh, are, are, are against God's will, against God's law? How are we supposed to react? Because we've seen all kinds of different responses. I mean, there are some, you know, quote, churches that gather and, and put all kinds of hateful things out there on, you know, on billboards and, and on signs and, and protest and uh, really kind of sickening uh, to me. You know, when you think about that, there, there are some people that are doing some things in the name of God to kind of protest or to kind of make change. And, and then it, it's like, you know, give, gives us a bad name. And, and then on the other hand, you've got, you know, patriots of our country who know just enough about God, 
who will kind of tie in their patriotism to God and then kind of get on this bandwagon of, you know, this is for God and this is for country. And, and so, you know, it's kind of confusing sometimes if you're not really truly listening and if you really don't know who the person is. You know, if you just hear somebody speak for five or ten minutes on, you know, on the, on the news, it, it's really hard to really know their heart and where they're coming from. And so we just got to go to God's Word. I mean, every situation that we face in life, we, we go to God's Word and see what He says. And then from there, we're able to begin to have a framework for how we're supposed to live, behave, and respond in the culture and in the city that, that we live in, the country that we live in. Uh, so the question I want to ask basically today is, is how, again, how are we supposed to relate to and, and follow our government? And at the same time, what are we supposed to do if our government is evil? I mean, you know, is, is God like, does he want us to follow our government and, and follow all the laws? We don't want to break the laws. And yet if our government is establishing laws that are evil and contrary to God's will, are we supposed to just say, well, we, we got to follow the law? What are we supposed to do with that? So I want us to look at God's word and, and uh, dude, forgot my Bible. I don't know how that happened. <clears throat> Tim, did you hide that from me? I'm going to need that. Thank you. All right, Romans 13. I do have it memorized, by the way, but I, I just, I'm just kidding. I don't have it memorized. <clears throat> Verse 1, he says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. So governing authorities in our context would be our president, our senators, our congressmen and women, uh, all, all of our government, police force, anyone, military, anyone who is, is, is in a governing authoritative position. That's, that's what I want you to think of when you see the word governing authorities, ultimately the president in our country. For there is no authority except from God. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Now, if you're, if, I hope you have your Bibles here. I, I would really love for everybody to bring their own Bible every Sunday. Um, and, and, and if you've got a pen or a pencil, you might just circle that word, instituted by God. Because that's important for you to realize that our authorities, kings, queens, presidents, uh, whatever is in charge of that particular government is instituted by God. So, so realize that. Let's get that framework today because God wasn't surprised and has never been and will never be surprised by any election that we have or any coup or any overthrowing of any other government around the world. It is instituted by God. And so kind of stick with me. We're going to work through how that might be, you know, messing with you right now. Verse two, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Now let's just stop right there. We're going to continue that passage all the way to verse 7 here in just a second. But let me just make a few opening comments too as we think about this. Um, because as a Christian, uh, the, the, the scripture teaches you and I, uh, Jesus actually says this, that my kingdom is not of this world. So if we have faith in Jesus Christ this morning, we are citizens of the United States, and yet this is not our home. So, so a year ago we did, uh, a little over a year ago, we, we did a series called um, um, 
not home, and, and, and we are not home yet. And, and so the concept there is, is, is we're living for future, we're living for kingdom, we have something in, the, in, in advance that we're thinking through and, and understanding. The Bible speaks to this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so realize this, yes, uh, you are an American citizen, But even deeper and even further, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're a citizen of heaven. Now listen, patriotism is not wrong. Okay, I mean, if you love your country and you sing and you, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago how we should honor that. And that's a great thing. Um, and and, and, and the, the, the thing, though, to understand about patriotism, just like uh, you have your favorite football team and it's not bad to root for them. Anything that we place in the center of our life and we give uh, time, energy, attention to more so than God becomes an idol. And so patriotism can become an idol. And so you can love your country more than you love Jesus. You can, you can be more concerned about politics than you are concerned about the kingdom of God. And that's when the line is crossed and that's when it becomes wrong because our citizenship belongs to heaven. That's why we don't gather here and we don't sing the Star Spangled Banner. We don't pledge our allegiance to the flag during a worship service on Sunday morning. Not because that's a, 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 you know, necessarily a bad thing and, and, and we great places to do that. But when we gather to worship Jesus, we gather cross-culturally. So I'm not going to ask somebody who lives in Mexico or is from Mexico or is from Europe or from South Africa. And we have people from all over the world uh, that attend here who grew up in different countries. We're not going to say to be a partner of this church, we're going to start the service, service with the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. I mean, we're not going to call people to do something that the Scripture doesn't call us to do. And so, so that's where we have to understand. We gather today, love our country, support it, honor it. And other places, singing to it, pledging allegiance, Star Spangled Banner, all that stuff is great as long as it's not an idol. When we gather for church, we gather under the banner of Jesus Christ. We worship Him, we focus on Him alone. And so that's huge for us. And we got to understand that that is big. And, 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 and so uh, when we gather, we want to understand that our citizenship belongs first and foremost to the kingdom of God. And so really, as we think about this, what's the balance then? We're citizens of America. We want to fight for reform. We want things to go in a a, a good direction as far as morally. And at the same time, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. How are we to live in this world? Well, if you want to take notes this morning, here are a few uh, quick points. Number one, we see in verses one and two that God establishes our government. He establishes ours and every country's government and and, and the authority that is placed there. He has established that. And we are called to submit to its laws. So to follow Jesus means that you're not going to be a lawbreaker. It means that you're going to submit yourself to the laws of the land. So this is big. And and, and we've got to understand that, you know, presidents, congressmen, these people that uh, create these laws, we are subjected to that as a Christ 
follower. Just like in other parts of the scripture, we see that husbands and wives relationships, that, that wives submit to husbands, and then it says submit to each other. And then uh, later, and in, in, in even in the Old Testament, we see children are supposed to be subject to their parents and honor their parents. Uh, we saw not long ago that as, uh, as an employee, we're supposed to be subject, submit to, and honor our, our boss. So, so all of these things are not um, the, the, the standard is not if your parents are good, then honor them. It's not what it says, unfortunately, young people. It's like, ah, oh, I, I thought I had a loophole. No. And it's like, it, 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 not only do you, you don't just honor your boss because he's a good boss. And if you've got a bad one, don't worry about it. He doesn't say that. It's not depending upon if they're good or bad. And the same is true for our government. He says, if, if, if you agree with everything or you disagree with everything, doesn't matter. He's calling us to be subject to our governing authorities. So, so let's let that wrestle. Is it tense in here yet? It's like, Trent, seriously, man, what about Hitler? Come on, right, we're, we're going to get there in just a second. So just let that build. Titus 3.1 says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. So there's this idea that to the president of our country, whether you voted for him or whether, you know, you you didn't, whether you agree or disagree, because the Bible says that he has been instituted in every other president by God, there is a level of respect, subjection, humility. I'm going to humble myself under that authority and I'm going to honor that position. And so as a believer, that's where we should be at. So here's what, I, here's what I don't think a Christian should be doing. I don't think a Christian should be cussing out the president. I think there's a way to, to disagree with our politicians in a way that we can still show honor. And that's where we want to land today. But I first want you to see that God is the one establishing these governments. He has instituted these men and women all across the world and you say, well, why would he do this? Why wouldn't he put Billy Graham as the president? Dude, that would have been the right move, right? We would have been like praying in school and, and we'd have had church every, every day. It would have been church, you know? Why didn't, well, you have to ask God one day when you get there because I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that he's in, in control. He has a plan and his plan didn't include Billy Graham being the president. That's all I know. I know and that's, you're like surprised. And anyway, verse two, he says, if you resist the government, you're rebelling against God. So look at it closely. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, because God's the one who instituted the authority, resists that, then you're resisting what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So, so he's actually saying here, if we're rebelling, if we're not following the law, then not only are we being disobedient to our government, we're being disobedient to God because God's the one that put him or her in that position to run the country. Um, and sometimes, I know what I was thinking when I was reading this, you were thinking, well, it was a different time. When Paul wrote this, you know, it was different. They didn't have to deal with abortion. They didn't have to deal with, you know, prayer in schools. They didn't have to deal with health care reform and all this stuff that we have to deal with. So, so obviously, yeah, they could probably respect them. It's different today. But, but, I mean, listen, you guys are, a lot of you guys are history buffs. You like the History Channel like me. You've seen it on TV. You know this. The government in, in, in Greece at that time, I mean, come on. Nero was the emperor at that time. It was as corrupt and immoral uh, than, than anything you can possibly imagine. So Paul is not saying, you know, as long as it's good, subject yourself. What he's saying is God has appointed this government. Subject yourself. Be in submission. Follow the law. Follow the rules. 
we have a privilege, I believe, uh, to live in this country because we have privileges that, that many people do not. And so what we have to realize is that the police force, uh, the military, they are there for our benefit. The government is there ultimately for our benefit, for the, for the welfare of the common good. And so these, the, what we have, you know, as, as, as messed up as sometimes it is, you know, when you step back and just look at the rest of the world and, and history of the world, we've got a great thing going for us and we, shouldn't, we should be thankful to God. We shouldn't, we shouldn't settle, but what I'm saying is we should have an appreciation for where God has placed us. Um, so we want to say that as we preface and, and, and as we jump in here. So, so as we talk about this, the key word is submission. He says, he uses this word subjection. Uh, it means to submit to and so to place yourself under. So that's the key word. He's not saying obey the government when they tell you to kill people. Obey the government when they tell you to do Evil. That's not what he's saying. He's saying to submit yourself to the law and the ruling of the land. Secondly, here's what he's saying. Disobedience to the government is, is going to incur punishment. In verse 3 and 5 here, he says rulers um, are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. In other words, here's a, hey, here's a newsflash. If you follow the law, then you don't have to worry about going to jail. <laughs> That's a, hey, oh, I get it now. Okay, I mean, it's pretty practical here. Rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Uh, he says, would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? He's, basically, that just means you, you want to live your life without having fear of the, of the police? Then here's what you do. Don't break the law. Follow the law. And, and, and you'll receive approval, verse 3. Then he says in verse 4, for he who is God's servant is there for your good. So our police force government, what we just said, is there for our good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is, listen to this again, a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection to our authority. So, so if we break the law, there's going to be punishment, okay? We're going to go to jail. We're going to face whatever the government says is the punishment for that, that law. And so we've got to understand that. And then also he's saying that this servant of God is, is in some way carrying out the wrath of God. And so there's this idea that, that God's wrath comes upon wrongdoers as well through the law. And so we, we see that take place and, 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 and we can even see that in our own lives if, if we're not subject to the law. So then he says, therefore, one must be in subjection. He says it again, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And so there's this, this idea that he's teaching us here that not only are we wanting to, to understand and, and follow God's will because uh, of we're going to get punished by government or we're, or we're going to face God's wrath, but he's also saying because it's a matter of our conscience. See, God's given us a conscience and, and the Holy Spirit convicts us when we're doing wrong. And so, you know, we want to sleep well at night. We don't want to, break, if we're breaking the law, you know, then, then the conscience is going to weigh heavy on us. And so he's like, don't, don't, don't do that. Have a clear conscience. I, I read the story of a guy who um, wrote a letter to the IRS. And so he said uh, in the letter, he said, I, I, I cheated on my taxes last year. I'm going to confess that. And I haven't been able to sleep uh, all year. So I'm enclosing a check for $100. And uh, P.S., if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. <laughs> so, 
So he's trying to get the good conscience there. And, and so, yeah, so we, we, we know kind of the conscience feel and how that kind of weighs on us. And he says, I want you to have a, a clear conscience. And, and with that in mind, he goes to, you know, probably your favorite verse in all of Scripture. Maybe you've never read this, but verse 6 says, For because of this, you also pay taxes. It's like, oh, taxes, you know. Urgh. For the authorities are ministers of God. I mean, are you kidding me? He's calling our government servants of God and ministers of God. It's kind of hard to get your mind around, but we've we, we got to realize that God's in control of this country. Amen? You with me on that? It's like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to lose sleep. God is not surprised by what's going on. He's still sovereign. He's still in control. Okay? That's why we have to pay taxes. He says, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Verse 7. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, and respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So he says, I want you to, I want you to pay your taxes. What, what the government says, you know, this is what we've got to do. Then he says, be, be, you know, a believer in Christ, they're going to follow those rules. They're going to do that. So let me just say this. There's a difference between uh, tax strategy and tax evasion. Tax evasion is, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not going to do it. You know, forget you, and, and you're not going to pay. That's, that's breaking the law. But then again, the other side is a strategy. Like, like I don't want to pay the government more than I owe them. Amen? I mean, if you got an amen, it's coming out there. So, so I'm, I'm not going to pay them more than what you know, I owe them, and so I want to have a strategy, and I want to think through this because I want to be a good steward of the resources and, 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 and the finances that God has given to me. And so, so we, we, we definitely need to understand this. Now, Jesus was faced with this very question. And so there were men that were trying to trap him because if you were to buck the system back then against uh, Rome, then you're definitely in trouble. And so, so there was a group of, of, of people that were trying to trick Jesus into saying something negative about the emperor, the king there. And, and if, he, if he did that, then boom, they could get him arrested and get him in trouble. But Jesus, you know, he, he's, he knows what they're trying to do. But I want to read this passage because they're asking him this question in Luke chapter 20, uh, verses 22 and 25. I think it's going to be on the screen. It says this. The men say, is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? So the question there is, is it, is it lawful? Is it, is, it a, is it okay according to God, God's law, there to, to pay tribute to Caesar, to, to pay our taxes, to give tribute to him, to pay our taxes there? And so, so they want to know if this is right or not, because the question could be raised, you know what, I'm a, I'm a a citizen of the kingdom of God, I, I pay the Lord. I give to the Lord. I don't have to give to anybody else. I mean, that could be the argument here. And so verse 23, he says, but he perceived their craftiness and he said to them, this is Jesus talking. He says, show me a Daenerys. That was a coin that they had back then. He says, whose likeness and inscription does it have? And they said Caesar's. Caesar's was Caesar's picture, you know, just like our quarter, you know, and just like our, our coins have a picture of presidents, past presidents. They had Caesar on their coin. And he said this, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. So basically, his answer to this is, yeah, I mean, they require taxes. Give to the government. Give to them what they require. Let them have what, what they want and what they're desiring and you give God what belongs to him and what belongs to God everything everything so so you give to uncle sam his cut 
because you believe in Jesus and you're going to be faithful there. And then you give your life to Jesus and you submit yourself under him. So all that said, the real question is, is this. So, so what if our government is doing evil things? Uh, what, you know, Nazi Germany, um, Holocaust, uh, what's happening in Uganda now, uh, what's happening in Syria, all of these different governments. What's a Christian to do um, in an environment where the government is evil and doing evil things? How are we supposed to deal with that? Well, if you've got your Bibles, flip over to Acts chapter 4. Um, because in this passage, um, Peter is, is walking around sharing the gospel. And as he's sharing the gospel, people are accepting Christ and the governing uh, authorities are, are ticked off. I mean, they, they see these guys who are, are, are really changing everything in their theological system, in their religious circles. And so, so they are, they're upset, they're challenged. Verse 13, chapter 4, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were astonished. So it's not like these guys were trained, you know, theologically in some way to be, you know, special. They didn't have like the degrees and all this. They were just ordinary, common guys and, and they were astonishing. Verse 14, but seeing the men, they, they had healed a man and a, and a man had been healed. And, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. They couldn't bring any charge against them, against them because the guy that they said they healed was actually healed by, by the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. In other words, we we don't have any crime against them. We can't charge them with anything. But in order that it, it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them not to speak to anyone in this name, in the name of Jesus. So they called them and they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So what happens one day in America when our government says you are no longer allowed to speak in the name of Jesus? You going to have a problem with that? What happens when we're not free to gather on Sunday morning and to worship openly like this? What happens to your faith then? What are you going to do? I mean, that's a, that's a tough question. We're pretty comfortable, aren't we? I mean, we don't, we don't think about that. We're not worried about that in the last sense. But, hey, the next 30, 40 years, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that that could be an issue, that that's going to be put on the table. Um, kind of far from our minds right now, not, not really worried about that. But who's to say, you know, over the next 40, 50 years, something doesn't change. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying, what if? Here's what Peter and John said. So they called them, charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. In other words, thanks for the advice. Not going to do it. A little bit later um, in the book of Acts, they continue to share the gospel. They continue to, to, to preach and teach about Jesus. And, and look at chapter 5, verse 27. They bring them back in. Government officials, the authorities, bring them back in, ready to charge them, ready to throw them in jail. 
So they brought them back in, verse 27. They set them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Verse 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. So here's the thing. If a government ever were to call us to do something evil or to forbid us from doing something that God has called us to do, we got a problem. We got a problem. The other problem is verse 13 just told us to be in subjection to them. So how do, how do you subject yourself to a government and disobey them all at the same time? I mean, that can, that can really mess with you, can it? So what Peter and John and the apostles say here is, you know, you, you decide what you want. We're going to do what we have seen and heard. We cannot stop talking about Jesus. We're, 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 you know what? We're not going to end that. But what we are going to do is we are going to subject ourselves to you as God would call. And if you want to throw us in jail, throw us in jail. So, so here's, let's bring it full circle. How do you stay in subjection to the authorities and honor Romans 13, 1 to 7, and if a government is evil and calling you to do something wrong, how do you follow and put God first in your life? Well, you say, all right, Mr. President, if that's what you say, that's fine. I'm still going to do it. You can take me to jail. See, all the guys in the New Testament, they ended up dying for their faith, pretty much, almost all of them. Um, for us, we don't, we, don't, we don't think about that. We don't worry about that. But I just wonder if and when God ever brings persecution on the church in America, I wonder how many chairs will be filled then. Because I, I, I don't know when and if, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, when that time and day and age comes, you see, because we're not far from it. I mean, uh, companies like Hobby Lobby are really under the fire. They're under the gun right now, aren't they? And they're standing for what they believe in, and they're doing it as they're subjected to the authorities. They're going through our legal system. They're not, they're not like saying no and shutting the doors and, and, and just being dishonorable through that. They're just saying, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going we're to fight this in court. We're going to do it through your laws. But we're just saying this is what we stand for and we're not, we're not going to back down on that. And, and by the way, you're, all you men are going to hate me for this because uh, your women probably want to go and shop there anyway. But I think we should honor them for that. I think we should support them. And so everybody go to Hobby Lobby and, and buy a new... I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, but yeah, all the women are like, sweet. Yeah, I love this pastor. He's awesome. Um, so, so seriously, though, I mean, I just think there's a, a way to honor those who we agree with and, and those that, that share that same um, um, idea. So, so what is our role then? Let me close with this. What is our role as believers when a government is evil? Because there's some things that are happening that that people claim the name of Jesus and do it in the wrong way. For instance, if you watch the Discovery Channel, there's a show called Weed Country. And like the legalization of marijuana is huge, if you didn't know that. And so weed country, there's this guy on there who grows weed, he sells it. And, and so what he is saying is, he said flat out, I heard him on, on TV, I am an evangelical Christian and I believe in Jesus. And I am practicing civil disobedience because what the government is saying is, is illegal, is wrong. They cannot take away my freedom to enjoy this plant. And I'm just like, oh dude, man. <laughs> You're, a, you're giving us a bad name. B, that just does not work out theologically at all. So like civil disobedience is cool and is, and is right and it is needed when there is a direct disobedience in God's word. So the civil rights, Martin Luther King, 
Absolutely. Just should have happened sooner. Uh, great example of civil disobedience. Weed country, evangelical Christian guy, legalized marijuana, break the law. Bad example. That is not what a Christian uh, should be pursuing. Uh, it's only in direct violation of God's word that we should stand. So quick example, the life of Daniel. Uh, remember that story. Daniel was um, in Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, really liked him. All the other officials hated him. So they wanted to get him in trouble. They knew he was a man of faith and believed in Yahweh, God. And so they said, you can't pray to your God uh, any longer. You cannot do that. And so what did he do? Uh, he knows this is what I'm called to do as a, as, a, as a man of faith. And I believe in God. I'm going to pray. So I'm not going to I'm not going to hide and go into my closet and turn the light off and pray secretly. He did it in broad daylight. He's like, you're not, you know, I'm not going to violate God's word. So openly he prays in daylight. Obviously they see him, they arrest him. So to, to disobey the authority, as long as it breaks God's word is, is, is good. As long as you're willing to face the consequences, David went into the lion's den. God spared him. A little bit later, the same book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember that story? They were, they were told that they, when the music plays, you've got to bow down and worship the king and the pagan gods, the idols. And they're like, we're not going to do that. So the music plays. Everybody bows down. Everybody's worshiping this idol, and they're not. And so what happens? They walk into the fiery furnace. Jesus protects them, guides them, unharmed. The nation, many people come to faith in God as a result. But the point is, there is a way for a Christian to disobey authority as long as you do it in a godly, subjective way, willing to face the consequences. Now that is, that is man, that's a big mouthful, isn't it? I mean, that is huge for us to accept. Can you do that? Are you willing to go to jail for your faith? Are you willing to fight a government that is oppressive and maybe oppressing other people? Would you be willing to stand in that gap? Number four here is, is, is this, and, and, and here's, here's where we're going to land. The problem in our country is not that we need better education. The problem in our country is not that we've got to, you know, get different people necessarily elected uh, the problem is, is, is not that we need to reform welfare or reform health care. The problem and the only way, listen, listen to this, the only way things change in our world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the problems our country faces and all the other countries in the world face is a deceptive, sinful, broken, and flawed heart that every person in the world has when they entered this world. So the only way things change is with the gospel. So the gospel is life transforming. It changes hearts. And so you want to see a different America? Start sharing your faith. Start sharing the gospel. Start teaching your kids and, and even you, no matter how old you are, if the gospel has, has taken root in your heart, run for office, man. Get on the PTA, get on the school board. Do something where you can make a difference and engage this culture and world instead of, I'm afraid of it because there's so many bad people and we're just gonna engage it. Step into those roles, those leadership roles and allow the gospel in your life to affect change in other people's life. That's the answer. Amen, you guys with me on that? The gospel is the answer. Thanks for listening. More information about Foothills Church is available at foothillschurch.com.